the Team Performance Podcast with Spencer Horn and Christian Napier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Team Performance Winning Ways for Uncertain Times podcast. I'm Christian Napier, and I am joined by the man in royal purple, and he's surrounded by purple. It's a beautiful lavender (laughs) Monday with Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you? Great, Christian. Good to good to be with you. And uh, yeah, I mean, somebody asked me today: Is is purple your favorite color? Well, it, it is now. I mean, it's our it's our company colors. My wife suggested it, and and uh, I get more comments on it than any other color. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Well, I'm a huge fan too. I like the color purple, and it uh, it goes very very nicely. The motif uh, in your space is just very 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 nice. I want to ask you how your weekend was, though. How how was your weekend, Spencer? It was good. I um, had a, a, a little bit of a time with our uh, our youth, our young men from you know from our church. We took them up to the lake. You know, we, we haven't been doing a lot of activities lately, but we went up to Pine View, which is just up Ogden Canyon or down from Snow Basin Resort, and it's it's beautiful up there. And you know, it's a little bit cooler up in the mountain valleys and the water was amazing there was probably 11 of us five adults and six boys and uh it was so heckin crowded christian i mean we had, we had to go to like we got a little later start because i had a presentation in in the morning in, in uh, mumbai india so i had to fly all the way back from mumbai uh you know technology is awesome but um we we did this uh trip up there and we got up there maybe a little later than we anticipated and the lines to get into the park uh you know the the national park you know the state park uh gate were just backed up and i you couldn't find any place to park so that we had four vehicles and three vehicles and so i found a place that said you know there was no non no non-parking signs but i got a ticket anyway oh and so i got to deal with that but apparently they're charging $150 for, for parking. And, and uh, the little town up there of Huntsville is making bank right now of all these people that are parking in non-parking zones. I wasn't one of them. I took pictures. So hopefully I'll be able to. So it was good. Other than that. Wow. Well, the pink slip matches your purple or lavender <laughs> background quite nicely. Uh, but man, 150 bucks. That's highway robbery right there. Apparently they've they've given out over eleven thousand of them eleven thousand of them this summer. Wow. Well, tell me about the lake itself. Did you guys take a boat? No, we didn't. We took uh, we took one of those um, paddle boards, and we took frisbees. And, you know, we just we're, we're, we'll take them out on a boat another time. But this time it was just we just wanted to go swim and play in the water, and you know, just get up there together, and make sandwiches, and and. Uh, just be together, played Frisbee. I, I woke up the next day. It was really strange. My, my shoulder was hurting. I'm like, what did I do? And, and Christian, we're, we're getting older. And, and so, but I, I'm still feeling young enough that I'm like, why is my shoulder hurting? Was it because I was swimming? And then yesterday in the evening, you know, my boys and I went out to throw the Frisbee at the, you know, the school right behind our, our house. And, and I threw the Frisbee and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there it is. And so it had hurts just from throwing this stinking frisbee. My shoulder was killing me. So I've been stretching and it's much better now. Well, I hope it's not serious damage. 
I've got, <laughs> There's no damage. It's just old age, man. Well, I, I hear you, but I've got some rot- rotator cuff issues and I can, I can't throw a football more than 20 yards without having some serious pain. So I get no, that. I, I, I hear that. And, and I've had rot- rotator cuff problems too, but it, this, this was just using muscles that I hadn't used in a long time. And it's this growing old stuff it has its benefits, but that's not one of them. No, that's definitely not one of them. <laughs> hey, well, I don't know if you saw the news today, but the COVID numbers keep coming down. We were under we're under 300 today. It's a great number. And I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, the trends are looking good. And hopefully what that means for all of us is that we can start to get back into more of a routine. Maybe, maybe go back to the office a little bit. I don't know. Um but I'm encouraged. I, so first of all, I mean, that, that leads us into our topic. But before we go there, I just got to say, isn't it funny that we, we think of, you know, 300 new cases and, and that's good, right? There was a time where like, oh my gosh, there were 20 cases. And, and then we, we kept seeing that grow. And here in the state of, of Utah, I mean, we, we had numbers going up into 900 cases a day plus, right? Just under a thousand. And, um, and we wanted to get that down under 500 and, and, you know, now we're, we're there. And so hopefully we'll be able to continue to do that. And everywhere I go, you know, in public, people are wearing masks when they go into stores. Um, I went to one of our grocery stores today and there was actually a, like a concierge right at the, at the front saying, you know, masks are required and they had them there if you didn't have them. And, and uh, I, I think that's great. I mean, we need to do our best to make sure that those numbers keep going down. It's crucial for our business to get back to doing business. So that leads to our, our topic. You know, what, what does it look like to get back to the office? You know, we've had guests on here. We had Dr. Christina and Paige talking about how to safely open the office. Um, but yet you've got companies like Google and one of their other companies, Alphabet. I don't know if you've heard of, of that company, Christian. Yeah, it's the parent company is, of Google. Correct. And, and, those companies uh, under that alphabet umbrella represent about 200,000. Um, it looks like I'm off sync here. So I'm going to shut off my, uh, my Chrome, you know, 200,000 employees. So what does that mean? They're all going to be working remotely, at least for the next year. And um, what do you think about that? Well, you know, remote's fine for a little while, but it's nice to actually see people in person. You know, I'm very much looking forward to doing that once again. My client, the my primary client, the IOC, they started going back into the office in Switzerland in June. So they still haven't fully ramped up in the office space, but a portion of them are in the office and some of them are not. So it's kind of a mixture right now. You know, that's an interesting model. I and mean, you've mentioned that on, on previous podcasts that you've got a kind of an office sharing where you've got half the staff goes in one week and then, you know, they alternate weeks and just, you know, we're, we're, we're talking off the cuff here. Why, why do you think that's important? Just what are you seeing as, as the benefits or maybe even the drawbacks of, of, of doing that? we are accustomed to seeing each other in person. I mean, that's the way most of us have been brought up in our daily lives is that we go to an office and we interact with people 
face to face. Now, you know, sometimes we have to do things remotely because our work is global. You've got international clients. I see you've got people in Pakistan, you've got people in India, you've got people all over the place in Poland, and sometimes you can't get to them physically. So you have some remote work, but generally speaking, we're used to working in front of people with people directly. We can see all of their body language. We can understand the nuances of their education. We can, you know, we can shake a hand and build confidence and we put an arm around someone when they're having a tough time. And that's a harder thing to do when we're in this remote work life situation. I, I couldn't say it better myself. I mean, it is, it, it is, we are, we are built to press the flesh. We are built to touch each other. And, and I don't mean that. And I'm talking about putting a hand on a shoulder or, you know, grabbing a hand to, to help lift it up, not only in, in, in the workplace, but in our, our families and think about the service that happens in so many of the nonprofits right now, which I was talking to someone in Fresno, California today that has a foundation um, that helps, you know, underserved communities get these kids out of high school to community college. And in some cases, people that are needing to advance their careers to that couldn't afford it to go to community college. I think 70% of their, their population that they serve is, is Hispanic. That's just one nonprofit. And, you know, volunteers can't come in and help. They can't go in and, and support these, these people and help mentor and coach. I mean, some of that can be done remotely, but other nonprofits where, you know, we're, we're building, you know, maybe Habitat for Humanity, where we're building houses and, you know, you have missions that go to foreign countries and, and build schools and houses that that work has really diminished right now because uh, we can't we can't be close. We can't touch. We can't lift. And and that's really hurting a lot of us. I mean, we want to be able to serve and and really care for each other and. We also want to get into a stadium together and scream, right? We want to, you know, we want to be able to cheer for our teams and, and have fun. And we're not able to do that right now. You know, Spencer, that's really interesting. You just mentioned that because I was reading earlier today. Uh, a lot of college football players have banded together. I don't know if you've seen this because the Mid-American Conference already canceled its season. There is discussion about the power five conferences potentially canceling their seasons as well. And you have all of these college football players who want to play college football. And so, you know, I think more than a thousand of them have kind of banded together and say, we want to play. And, you know, they've kind of identified some things they want to create a little union or something like this, but it goes exactly to what you're saying. Not only do people want to cheer for their teams in the stands, but the players want to play. They want to get back to their office on the field of play, so to speak. You know, it's 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 true, and it's interesting because um, they, they're doing all this hard work. A lot of them are in the preseason right now, and what are they doing it for? To compete, to get on and see how how good they are, to see how how their efforts are are making an impact, and. If there's nobody to play against, what happens to their motivation? What happens to their engagement? Think about, you know, just you, you put in all of this, this effort to, to get stronger and faster and, and play together as a team. And, and there's no one to really measure yourself against. 
What does that do to your motivation? Well, it doesn't do a lot of positive. And it's interesting that you bring that up because early on in the onset of COVID, one of the things that we were talking about was pivoting. Yeah. And, and one element of pivoting was taking the time to build up your skills right. and learn to do new things. But it's hard to spend time doing that personal development if you don't have opportunity to really exercise it by going out into the world and showing the world what you can actually do. And it's just like the players, as you mentioned, spending all of this time in practice. Well, practice gets old after a while. People want to, they're tired of hitting their, hitting themselves. They want to hit their teammates. They want to hit the, they're hitting their teammates. They want to hit the opposing team. And they want to have those of you who are not from the United States hitting, we we, we don't mean actually hitting. We mean like with their uniforms and their football pads, they run into each other. We call that hitting, you know, it's not like cricket, you know, but we put on these, these, these helmets and pads so that we can run into each other. That's what we call hitting. When you run into somebody (laughs) and tackle them, um, Absolutely. We're not, we're not advocating domestic violence here. That's right. right. Just, they're just doing violence they're, on the field. They're playing. They're playing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so keep going. Well, no, I mean, that's basically the gist of it, right? We have now spent several months pivoting. We've spent several months developing our skills yeah. And everybody's itching to really get back into that work environment and test out what they've learned over the last few months. So you, you've got that as a problem. Back to Alphabet and, and Google, 200,000 employees are going to be working remotely for the foreseeable future and other companies as well. You know, what's interesting, I, I you know, I was reading, you know, I, I think about how Gosh, I have all these thoughts coming at once. So I'm saying multiple things. I mean, this is just how, how I operate sometimes, Christian. But I think about how you learned your, your trade, your profession. I remember getting out of college and really excited and hungry to learn and grow. And I was hired by a company that developed IMAX theaters. We worked with IMAX and, and, uh, uh, which is a Canadian company. And, and our, we did something very unique. We built these theaters and tourist destinations as more of entertainment. And this was way before its time. The whole idea of IMAX theaters for entertainment was started by a company that I worked for at the time. IMAX didn't want to do this. They were only focused on, on science centers and museums and their films were very much about education. And now you can go see regular feature length films in, in theaters that are IMAX theaters, right? It's the type of film and and size. And so, um, but I remember getting out of college and, and working with, um, the owner and CEO of that company. And I think of all the time that I had face to face with that individual and all the mentoring that he did with me, that would have been, I think, very, very difficult if we were remote. But my, my, my mentor, Kelvin was, uh, you know, he was a great leader and I had all this time to, to learn and grow and spend with him as, as a mentor that I think so many of the young professionals of today are missing that opportunity because they're not 
they're, they're not face to face. Yeah, well, we can do some of that remotely, but some of those mentoring opportunities have are, are being lost by this younger generation. And I think that's that's one of the biggest drawbacks of not being face to face in the office. I would second that. I I think about all the mentors that I had early on in my career and I I'm, I'm I'm struggling just trying to figure out how that even would have worked in a in a remote situation because a lot of the conversations that I had with them were very impromptu. It was very kind organic, of, right? Very organic. I got up from my desk, I went and talked to this person and uh, we had a conversation and that's that's more difficult to do now remotely. Right. It's not impossible. It's just more difficult. And so one of the things, if you're listening to this and you have a team and you're a senior manager, make more time for small talk, make more time to catch yourself at the water cooler. I'm, I'm doing a training uh, in two weeks for one of my clients. And I think, and I've talked about them. We're actually going to have that CEO on. I've, I've asked him to come on and talk about how they, how they've really managed before COVID to do, I, I think a great hybrid model right now, everybody's working from home, but beforehand, most of their team worked remotely. They have a team in India, they have a team in Romania, and then their corporate offices in Las Vegas, and probably, you know, uh, they have a total of 30 that work in the United States, the rest work internationally. But of those 30, there's, there's probably 10 that are working remotely. And once a month, they have them come into the office for a week, you know, that again was before COVID. Now everybody's working remotely. But, you know, we're going to be doing a just a, a, an hour and a half lunch and learn. We do that regularly. And it's so fun because they're sending lunch to everybody, wherever they are in Puerto Rico and Canada and anywhere in the United States that their team is. Even to me, they're sending me lunch and I'm leading that, that meeting. But what a great idea to have, you know, a coffee break if you, if you drink coffee um, and just have a conversation. You actually have to make time to just be available for a conversation and not you know, not just meetings all the time, right? What can you do to be available for your team where those organic conversations could happen online? I think you can create those opportunities, but you have to be more conscious about it, right? Because we can't just get up and walk to the person next to us. We actually have to think about, I should call that person right now, or let's, let's get on zoom. Let me check in with them. How are they doing? Or, you know, message them on Slack. Hey, do you have a few minutes? I, you know, I just have a few thoughts right now. And I think, you know, we, we need to create those opportunities. I totally agree. Now, given that we've been in the situation for several months, um, one of the things that I'm, I'm hoping is that as we gradually return back to the office, that we don't lose some of the really important insights that we've gained over the last few months. You know, we've had a lot of conversations, for example, about empathy, uh, about effective communication and understanding uh, people. And those are, those are some things that we've, not just us, but we've seen a lot of our colleagues uh, that we've worked with been focused on this. People have gone through stressful periods. We shouldn't just throw it all out the window and think that as soon as we get back into an office environment that we're all completely back to normal and none of those things ever happened because they did. I hope that we can all remember what we've learned during these last few months 
and continue to put them into practice and make make the the office experience even more effective, more impactful moving forward. Yeah, I think I think that's a great comment, Christian. You know, I uh, my my fear is that some of us are learning bad habits right now. Um, you know, we we're. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, you know, there are children right now that are being raised, single children, you know, young children, and they're not being socialized because they're not going to school. And I have noticed that some of that behavior, they're, they're learning to speak later. Um, you know, I've talked to, to parents that have small children that can't get back to school. We need those opportunities to, to work together. It actually raises our empathy when we're face to face. And my fear is that technology is, is causing us to be more distant. We're missing those opportunities for mentoring that you and I mentioned. Um, we're missing opportunities to put our arms around people and to comfort and to, uh, give feedback to challenge, you know, a lot of that can be done in person. Like you said, those, those sports players are ready to get back into the arena and, and, and fight because we, we need that. We need to be face to face. And by not being face to face, is it possible that we develop habits that are less empathic, um, maybe less considerate. I mean, right now we need to, we still have people that are under stress and that are overloaded and overwhelmed. It's taking more time to work remotely than it does face to face. You can do it, but you will have to, to, to dedicate more time and be more patient. Um, and that's some of the time, you know, some of the benefits that we thought we would gain by working remote. One of those was saving time, right? Uh, not having the commute. Uh, I'll tell you a couple other benefits of working remote. You know, the air here in Salt Lake City, what have you noticed about it? Well, it's definitely cleaner with fewer cars on the road. That's right. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it's coming back where we've got some, some pollution, but you know, there's, there's less money spent on commuting and gasoline and transportation. You know, some of us are getting rebates on our insurance because we're driving less. Um, you know, we're supposedly having more time at home with our, with our families, our, our, our significant others, our pets, um, and and some companies are spent are, are saving money on on office overhead, and that's a that's a savings. Those are the plus sides of this. But for me personally, I mean, I'm having to spend more money on on equipment because I want my remote presentations to be more powerful. I mean, I've got more DSLR cameras. It's you know gone are the days when it's just the you know the webcam or even your computer cam. I've got lighting and microphones and and because I want to be able to do presentations remotely that are engaging because people are getting Zoom fatigue and they have been for like the last four months, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I have to say also, Spencer, um, you know one of the things that I think is interesting when it comes to time is not only are we working more, meaning we're spending more time, but I think we have to be careful. The expectation is that we're just around all the time. So people yeah. can contact you at any time oh. and expect responses because, well, we're just all working from home. And I think that's a, that's another potential downside to this working remotely 
is that because we're all at home, it just seems like we're all at work all the time. <laughs> such know, uh, such uh, a good point. You've got to, You've got to create a separation between the office and your personal life, or you'll go crazy. Which means answering emails and messages on your off days, right? I and mean, if 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 you're not careful and off times. You told you told me that. Uh, well, I, it was on a previous podcast. You were saying that one of the things that you don't do is you don't work on Sundays. And um, so I've been trying to be very diligent about that, trying not to spend time focused on work things because you got to take a break. And with this with this COVID stuff, it just seems like I'm always on all the time. And whenever a message pops up, I feel the need. I, I got to respond to it or whatever. And, and uh, it's not healthy, I don't think, to be so focused on work all the time. No, and I, and I you're right. And, and I think what happens is, I, you know, I, I can get lazy, even, even me. And I have responded and, and do sometimes because I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm buried. I've got to catch up. And there are times when I, I do work on, on a Sunday. Uh, but most of the time I, I do make an effort to not do that because I think that I come to the office on Monday more refreshed and uh, more productive than if I'm just constantly kind of droning on and, and doing these activities and never getting that, that mental break or spiritual break even. So it's, I I feel like it, I'm more productive and I have to remind myself, but I do get into that mode. Like I'll, I'll be working late tonight. I'm going to, we're going to cook steaks. You know, we've got a whole dinner plan tonight. I'm going to cook them on the grill, but then, then I get to go back to, to work tonight because, um, man, I, there's just so much to do. And, but you know, I find that I don't even take breaks for lunch. I mean, I've got a plate on my desk here where I ran downstairs in between calls, made a sandwich, came back up here and, and uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going outside for a break today. And my fear is, is that we're in these virtual offices that, you know, our, our brains are, watching screens, our eyes and brains are just turning into to mush. It's one of the reasons why I go running outside every day uh, to just be out in nature, to get unplugged, to to get away from the, the technology. Although I still wear my Apple watch and have my phone so I can, you know, count how many steps I go and all that rubbish. Well, you mentioned the exercise and that's really important. I, I struggled here at the beginning of COVID. I mean, it just kind of threw me off my game. Yeah. And I wasn't doing very well on that, but I've turned it around and, and I feel a lot better, but I have to really get into it. And I have gotten into a really, uh, a solid daily routine. Uh, really, if I didn't have a daily routine, phew, it would have been awful, but my wife you know, and I, I both need... wake up at uh, six o'clock in the morning and we get out for a, for a walk to start out our day. Uh, and, uh, isn't that great? And you don't have to, you don't have to do some crazy uh, you know, aerobic, uh, just going for a walk. What does it, what does it do? Well, it's great. You know, we go for an hour and it just really clears your head. And for the two of us, it also really helps us to, 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 uh, become even closer. You know, we do you, we hold, do you hold your hand when you go for a walk occasionally, occasionally you, you need that touch. Don't you? Absolutely. We, we are not built to be isolated and, I think we need to remember that. And, and I, I don't believe that 
the remote office will be the entire answer. I think we've got to have a way to get together at least occasionally, right? And so that uh, a hybrid model going forward, as soon as this COVID gets, you know, virus gets under control, I mean, it's always going to be here with us. But as we learn to manage it, and we, uh, you know, we get vaccines and, and, and greater immunity, um, we're going to be able to get back to public spaces and public places. And, and we need that. We need to feel connected to, to each other. It helps us to be more productive. It helps us to be more engaged. It helps us to be more motivated. So as a manager, I want you to think about what can you do in the interim working remotely to somehow bridge that gap of not having those opportunities to mentor, to just have some, some scheduled time that has no agenda. I, I, some of my clients are have starting their meetings and they, they wait for at least five minutes before they, they start their agenda um, where they can just, you know, shoot the breeze instead of just starting right on time and end a few minutes early, give people time to get to that next meeting give people time to, to talk and to just have no structure in those conversations. We need that. It is not wasted time. It is rapport building. It is connection building. It is, it, it, it matters to the team. Um, and I think it's really important that we, we give ourselves time to just connect with our families, go for an hour walk. We need those, we need those virtual coffee breaks, those virtual lunch meetings, um, order lunch for your team and, and sit on the camera and, and share with each other what you're eating. Well, speaking of eating, you've got some steaks to throw on the grill and my wife and I are making salmon for dinner. So I'm looking Ooh. forward to that. I'm a huge fan of salmon. Uh, How are you cooking it? I got to know. Uh, it's just baked in the oven. Yeah. And foil. What kind of spices are you, are you doing? Oil wrapped. Oil wrapped. A foil it's, wrapped. Uh, yeah. Foil wrapped. Foil wrapped. Uh, simple butter and garlic. Um, maybe a little dill or something. But yeah, it's very simple. Um, but it's very tasty. Awesome. Have you ever done a, a sugar rub? I have not done a, a sugar rub, but I have done a teriyaki salmon, which I really, really like. Ah, uh, yeah. That's kind of sweet too, right? It's got that teriyaki sweetness to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorites is, is, is a nice teriyaki salmon. And it really goes well with broccoli for whatever reason. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of broccoli. I'm not it's a huge fan of broccoli. Me neither. But I, my wife loves broccoli. So we have broccoli a lot. But I like salmon with broccoli for whatever reason those two just go right together for me and some potatoes mashed potatoes or something like that that's that's to me is a great meal oh that's awesome yeah well we're having let's see i'm, I'm grilling mushrooms uh we're gonna have some sweet potatoes and steaks tonight so uh do you know whose birthday it is today by the way uh well I think it's Patrick's birthday, our friend Patrick. Um, it is Patrick's birthday, and he may not be listening, but uh, shout out to our friend Patrick DDA. And uh, we were able to go have lunch, was it last week, at, at our, our, our favorite, uh, the Red Iguana? Yes, a nice and, socially uh, distanced lunch. It was delicious. It, it it was, and and it was even more delicious because Patrick bought for... <laughs> 
I hadn't seen him in a long time. It was nice to, nice to be together and kind of spread out on the, on the table, but uh, gosh, happy birthday, Patrick, if, uh, if you're listening. Yeah. And uh, we'll be happy to return the favor. Another red eye, another red eye visit soon. Yep. Awesome. Well, great to be with you today. And uh, Christian, so, you know, you always ask me, but if people want to get a hold of you, because you have, you know, you're, you remind me of Jack Handy. You remember Jack Handy? Deep thoughts. That's what, that's what I'm going to call you. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. All right. It's a compliment. I'll take it. <laughs> How do people get a hold of you, Christian? Well, they can go to my website, gp4.com, which is gpfour.com, or they can email me at cnapier at gp4.com. And Spencer, how would people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about the things that you're doing? You've got a, you got a big uh, webinar coming up next week. I'm signed up for it. I'm super excited. And yeah. uh, what's the, where can people find more information about that or the other things that you can do? Well, email me. Yeah. Just email me at Spencer at altiumleadership.com. I'll send you an invitation. This is going to be a, a great webinar on it's called results in uh, sales and business development. So many people are struggling right now. This could be another topic on, uh, you know, selling and, and growing their business right now because of the you know the economic challenges and uh, businesses that are, are, they're just focused on other things. So how can you be successful right now in connecting with, you know, prospects and, and, um, and, and your current client base. So we're going to spend an hour talking about that and you can find out a little bit more about me on altiumleadership.com. That's a L T I U M leadership.com. All right, Spencer, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for, uh, having this little conversation. I'm looking forward to our next podcast. I can't remember who it's with. Who's our next podcast with Spencer? Annie, Annie Lieb. And we're going to be talking about mental health. She's a mental health expert, something that she's very, very passionate about. She's based out of uh, Philadelphia. And, and I actually met her doing some of this business development that I'm talking to you about. And, and, uh, and she's amazing. I mean, she's, she's going to be a lot of, of uh, she'll be very interesting to listen to. She's got a lot of energy and uh, just like our, our last guest, Teresa Nordstrom We've, we've had some great guests on. We have had some fantastic guests, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with Annie. Thank you, Spencer, for lining that one up. We'll talk with her in a couple of days. Listeners, please like and subscribe to our podcast, and we'll catch you soon. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>